Amen. We have already won. You believe that? Amen. You know, even in, in the chaos that you see that's trying to uh, take root, root in our society, um, the, the, the good news and what we have to be rooted and grounded in is that God, Jesus Christ, is already victorious. And that he is continually expanding his kingdom in, in the world. And, and this, in his kingdom has no end. And his kingdom continues to grow and grow and grow. Um, I'm not going to ask you to, well, how, how many people do you think that comes into his kingdom every day? How many? Just pretty, cl pretty close. 250,000 people every day come into the kingdom. So we, all you hear is the negative. You hear that denominational, denominational churches are just getting smaller and smaller and people are becoming apathetic about Christianity, and that's a lie. That is a lie. That, that is a lie from the enemy trying to steal your confidence. The kingdom of God is growing and growing and growing. It's an awakening. There's such an awakening happening in the kingdom of God. Just understanding grace, understanding grace that we don't have to work or work to climb up a ladder to get to some spiritual level to get God to move in our life. That Jesus Christ moved 2,000 years ago, and in the death and resurrection in Jesus, it is finished, and all the promises of God get their yes and their amen. When you do this for God, no. When you read the Bible, no. When you pray the right prayer, no. It, when you confess for the 199th time, then God moves, no. All, all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is all in all. He is the very one that sustains us and gives us life. And the, the rebels of darkness, I'm not going to call it the kingdom, because they don't have nowhere. They were dethroned. When Jesus ascended to heaven, they were dethroned and cast down to the earth. And now all they can do is seek. Seek whom they may devour. Seek whom they, they may deceive. And that's what we're talking about through this series. That, that, that the best is yet to come. That, that what God did in Jesus Christ shifted everything. What Satan did in Adam, Jesus Christ, more than super abundantly abounded above and beyond whatever the devil did in Adam. Everything that God planned from the foundation of the world had its climax in, in Jesus. And what we've been seeing, we've been seeing how God is progressively expanding the kingdom of Jesus until all his enemies are made his footstool. But God is patient. 
and long-suffering, desiring for none to perish, but that he wants them to all come to repentance and to the knowledge of, G- of Jesus Christ. And what you're seeing is those hind- what we're seeing is those hindrances being taken out of the way. Just as Daniel prophesied in Daniel chapter 2, that stone that was from heaven came and destroyed the last world empire that was Rome. And it, that stone became a mountain, and that mountain grew and grew and grew, and it says that, that that mountain grows until it fills up the entire earth. His kingdom is continuing to grow. The knowledge of, of the glory of God will cover the seas as the water cover the sea as waters cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's everywhere. Everything's wet. And that's the thing of it is, is we need to wake up that you're, you're, you're just soaking in the glory of God right now. You are all covered up. You're not naked in this world. You have that robe of righteousness given to you by Jesus Christ. So we're in Revelation, and I know that my take and my understanding of Revelation has got a lot of you guys tweaked once in a while. I see, see you jerk a little bit out there. Some s- smoke comes out your ears. and But that's all right, because I'm not one of those pastors that is so egotistical, is that right? Is that how you say it? I don't even know how to say the word. That, that I feel that you have to believe exactly like me. Now you got to believe on Jesus and, you know, Holy Ghost and the gifts. That's, that helps out. But when it comes to things like this, um, we, th- these are things that we can agree to disagree on and see how that, because I'm a, a pan millennius. It's all going to pan out. It's just all, it's all going to pan out. But by understanding the gospel and understanding the, the understanding that it's of grace through faith and understanding what God has done through Jesus Christ, it took me on a journey to say what I see or have been taught from people over years on revelations and the end times it just, it just seems so contrary to the nature of Jesus Christ, right? Because Jesus is our God. You know that, right? He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Moses and Elijah was with him on the mountain of transfiguration. And Peter says, let's make three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. You know, Moses and Elijah representing the Old Testament. And a voice comes from heaven and it says, Moses and Elijah was taken away, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, hear ye him. The revelation that we should get from the Old Testament is through Jesus Christ. The revelation that we get for our future is through Jesus Christ. And, and, and we're about to move in cha- into the chapters 15 through 18. We're going to cover all those today. And there's a reason for that. We're not going to go verse by verse. Um, we're going to 
cover those chapters in Revelation, we're going to see how after the decrees of judgment from heaven that brought the fall of Rome, we've seen that last week, right? So, so far we've had two judgments in the book of Revelations. We've had the book against Jerusalem, or the book, the, the judgment against Jerusalem, and we've seen that how the Romans in 70 AD came and utterly destroyed the temple, demolished it, ended all sacrifices. Everything at that time had been ended and totally ended the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. When I say Old Testament, that means a covenant with God, just as Jesus prophesied in Matthew. And then we've seen how God brought down the Roman Empire after Rome waged war upon the saints of God, right? Remember all this? And they had the great persecution. And it was the dragon of revelation that was causing that persecution to happen, that was was deceiving the nation of Rome. And, And it's the spiritual forces behind people. Understand something. As we go through... Uh, um, through Revelation, and, and you hear about God's judgments and God's decrees and God moving in the earth, God's war is not against humanity. See, that's another thing. There's a lot of people read the Revelation and think of end times about God getting people. It's not about getting people. It's about bringing down the principalities and powers it's about bringing down the, 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 for, the forces of wickedness in heavenly places that have been cast down to that second heaven and into the earth that have hindered, have deceived the nations, have blinded people, and getting them out of the way so that they might see the glorious light of his son. And when we get into chapters 15 through 18, we, we, we see... We see God moving throughout history, bringing judgments, expanding the kingdom of God more and more and more. But when he brought Rome to its knees, he did that by by defeating that spiritual force that was behind Rome called Babylon, which from the very beginning, from the Tower of Babel, is just that spirit of pride in the world. The spirit of pride. And he brought Constantine to his knees before Jesus Christ. And we see that Rome went from persecuting the church to embracing the church, supporting the church, and helping to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. And we're going to be seeing these decrees Continue to to move in the earth. Um, And we're not going to be going verse by verse through these chapters. We're just going to give you a general general understanding of of how I see these these chapters. In Revelations 12, this is a reminder for you. In Revelations 12, verse 12, it says, For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that his time is. That he, he has only a short time. And as we've already seen, that at the ascension of Jesus Christ, there was a war in heaven. And Michael fought, and his angels fought against the devil and his angels, right? And, and, 
and the former God of this world, Satan, and all his cohorts, evil spirits such as Babylon and the harlot and principalities and powers, they were cast down and lost any position of authority that they once had in the realm of the spirit. Do you know how much Adam lost when he fell? Well, if you go to the book of Job, you see that Satan literally could come up to the very throne of God and accuse Job at the throne room. You know that Satan can't come to the throne room anymore? Jesus now sits on that throne. Satan never sat on that throne, but he had that, the, uh, the authority that Adam had to be able to come up and into the presence of God. Right? That's what your Bible says. But he's been cast down. He's not even, the accu- he, he's, he's not even accusing you before God anymore. He does have, has no right to accuse you before God. So what does he do? Instead, he comes and accuses you. And you, you listen to the AM station, which is the accuser's ministry, instead of the FM station, which is the father's ministry. We, we, he has convinced you when that condemnation, with that guilt, when, when, when that sapping of strength, when, when your, your courage and, and your confidence is taken away, he convinces you that that's, the, that's God speaking to you. The church embraces the doctrine of the devil more than they do about God. They bring condemnation and guilt. They press down the body of Christ instead of lifting, lifting them up. And in Christ Jesus, there is no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. You have been, you've been set free. You are now one spirit with God. God dwells within you. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God is with you. You have been given the, the gifts of the Spirit. You have the mind of Christ. You have the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What more could you possibly, how could you ever be down? The only way you could ever be down is to get out of faith in who you are in Christ Jesus and believe the devil's lies. So these principalities, they were cast down, but in Revelations, we're told that they weren't immediately put to, sent to hell, but, they, but are in the earth where they seek to deceive and wreak havoc among humanity. And they are indeed active today. You can still see them working in this world today if you have eyes to see. See, that's just the thing of it is. is with some of the, we, I've said this before. We need to laugh. You know, you're watching the news and you think, man, the world's getting terrible. Just laugh. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's what God does. He laughs. The plans of men. Trying is, is, is futility, futile, futile, futility, what's that? That's, that's being able to have pre- get pregnant, right? Or no? <laughs> or is that, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Is that? Fertility, futile. futile what did I say? Futility? 
What's futility mean? No one knows. I made it up. Oh, it's the act of being futile. See? I told you. I was right all along. You guys are just messing with me. But anyways, just laugh. You know, ever since Jesus says it was finished at the cross, God hasn't had a serious thought since. Because it's done. It's done. So, <clears throat> Satan is in the world, and, and we've got to be aware of this. Uh, it, uh, the God of this world. It, one thing you've got to understand, though, is that God, or that Satan is no longer the God of this world. He is no longer the God of this world. Jesus is Lord. Satan has been cast down from his high position of authority, which he took from Adam, but he was defeated at the resurrection when the second Adam, Jesus Christ, legally took back that position of authority. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but he gave the earth to man. And man bowed his knee to Satan. But then another man came, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And at the, at the, when he was tempted in the wilderness, he would not bow his knee. And he legally took back what Satan stole. That's amazing. The Bible literally says that if they knew, speaking of these principalities, these powers, these spiritual forces of wickedness, if they knew what Jesus Christ would accomplish through his death, they would never have crucified our Lord. God's smart. So although Satan's authority has been greatly reduced, Peter, Peter wrote how Satan wanders the earth seeking whom he may devour. You know, Satan can't devour anybody. Right? <laughs> he can only devour those that he's able to. So that means that there's those that he's unable to. And those that are unable to are those that know their position in Christ Jesus. They know the authority they have in Jesus' name. They know who they are as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And in chapters 19 and 20, which we're going to get to very shortly, is the final demise of Satan. At the return of Christ is when Satan is bound and thrown into the abyss. Glory to God. Amen. So Babylon, as you go through these chapters, it talks about the harlot, it talks about Babylon through these chapters because these are principalities, these are powers, these are spiritual forces that have wreaked havoc among humanity for ever since the fall of man. And in the same way, God is defeating the spirit of pride. Babylon. Right now, the spirit of pride, Babylon, is, is representing in our culture as science. It's just another attempt of man, a man-made God, 
elevating themselves above the Almighty. God is not against science. God created science. I don't know if you know that. When science said the earth was flat, God, the Bible, says he sits on the sphere. When, 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 when they thought that all, all water was on just the, on the surface of the earth, God says that there was rivers from the depths of the earth. There, there is so much that science had to do to catch up to the Bible. You know, the Bible says that, that God holds everything together by the power of his word. And scientists can't understand why an atom doesn't, what holds that together? Because God said, you stay there. <laughs> but this, this, this idea of uh, this, this pride of humanity, humanism, uh, thinking that we are the, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things, to, to think that we can be our Messiah, we can save our earth. We can do all these things. All it is is just a repackaged form of a false religion. The spirit that in ancient times caused leaders to be deceived into believing that they could exalt themselves to be gods and expect to be worshipped as divine. You don't think that's not the same thing that they're saying today? The spirit of pride lost its power to deceive the nations as a whole. Because it used to be. The whole nations. Think of Pharaoh. They worship him as God. A whole country. Thousands, millions of people worshiping an individual as a, as a God. That's a strong deception. You know, we still in this day might have small little cults and stuff where they worship the leader as a, as a God. Or as divine. But entire nations? See, that was how powerful Babylon was. And when Constantine bowed his knee to Jesus, it was not Constantine who defeated the spirit of pride, but God with the decree which came from heaven that removed Babylon from his position of authority. God made a move in the earth. We've seen that last week. And then, in, and then the harlot of chapter 17 that is tied very closely to religion. And when I say religion, I'm talking religion in a negative sense. You are not to be religious in your relationship with God. And what I mean by that is the idea of you doing something to be right with God. You doing certain atonements to be good with God, in God's graces. You doing certain things to make yourself holy. What it is, is Jesus Christ has made you holy. Now you act holy. Jesus Christ has made you righteous. Now you act righteous. You walk in the identity that Jesus Christ has given you through the cross and the new birth through the Spirit of God. That's totally different. You ever see a dog chasing its tail? That's religion. That dog doesn't realize it's already got it. 
He's chasing his tail, trying to catch his tail, not knowing that he already has that tail. Jesus Christ, we've already got it. You've already arrived. The Bible says that you literally are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now believe it. I know, it's hard when you're in the flesh. But it's not impossible. Right? God wouldn't tell you to do something that you couldn't do. So, so this harlot in chapter 17 is dealt with the same way. And, and this harlot, many Bible um, teachers and theologians tie this harlot with religion. And, and this, a religion that, that uh, is used by government to control the masses, through, lots of times through fear. And, and, and God dealt, deals with this harlot in the same way. And, and, and this harlot is a demon spirit with the authority to deceive people in, in, the, in, the, in the same way, and it's especially in the area of religion. The harlot has lost its power to deceive the whole world, but will not be utterly defeated until chapter 19 at the second coming of Jesus. So what we see is that these, the God of this world and these principalities and powers before Jesus Christ went to heaven and took his throne had authority over the earth. And now they've been cast down to the earth and they, they no longer can deceive the world as they once did. And that's why there was always a remnant. There was always a remnant throughout the Bible of the revelation of God. You understand this? So, we have seen how these judgments against Jerusalem, and I apologize, if you haven't been here through, throughout this series, you can get online and, and listen to these messages. It'll be much clearer, but it's hard to jump mid, into midstream and teach everything again. But what we've seen so far is that these judgments against Jerusalem and the Roman Empire were clearly described in Revelation, right down to, to this is how long Nero was going to live, this, or not live, this is how long he was going to reign. You know, this, how long the, long the, the, the war was against Jerusalem. It, it's, it's just so clear and so profound. And we must understand um, that the complete defeat of, G, of God and his enemies in the whole world is what is happening through chapters 4 through 18. Understand something. You, you might not understand this, but when God brought judgment against Israel, against Jerusalem, and that old system, it was judgment because he was their enemy. The Jews was God's enemy. Because they denied, they forsook, they rejected his Messiah, Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus even told a parable about that. About someone that owned, owned a piece of property. And he sent prophets, he sent, he sent people to him, and they beat him, treated him harshly, did all these things. And he says, I'll send them my son. They'll listen to my son. And when the son shows up, they say to themselves, this is the heir. Let us kill him, and then we'll, he will be ours. And again, it's the spiritual forces behind people that caused them to act this way. So from 
the judgment and the decree against the Old Testament and, and, and Israel and Jerusalem to the judgment and the fall of Rome to where we are today is God constantly bringing decrees and judgments in the earth for one purpose, to bring all the enemies of Jesus Christ to his footstool. And in chapter 15 of Revelation, it shows us that seven angels receive seven golden bowls full of wrath, full of the wrath of God. And in chapter 16, starts off with the commissioning of the seven angels to pour out these bowls. Now, we're not going to go through all these. These are very, very, very descriptive. Um, they are very um, apocalyptic um, imagery. But what we have to understand is that these aren't natural things that are happening. These are spiritual things that are happening. And we have to, so what we have to do, and it's in, is you have to try to understand when these, these spiritual things happen, what is the natural consequences to them happening? You understand that? So in Revelation chapter 15, 1, it says, Then I saw a sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels who had seven plagues, which are, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. So these seven angels have these bowls of wrath, of judgment, and this is the end. This, this is the end. And, and the wrath of God is finished in these seven judgments that's coming. And then in Revelation 16.1, it says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. And here again, you, you can interpret this as seven literal bowls, or you can interpret it like a Jewish reader would interpret it, because in, in, in Jewish people deemed the, the, uh, the number seven as meaning completion. And that makes sense with what we read in 15.1, that it's the completion of the, God's, the wrath of God. So what they're say, what, how a Jewish person would read this is not literally that there's seven judgments or seven bowls of wrath, that, but that, those, that number seven represents it's God completing the wrath in the earth. You understand that? So they would understand this to mean that God is, is executing judgments on the behalf of his son, and he would continue to do so until he has subdued every enemy, until the job was complete. As the first six bowls are released and poured out, John sees people suffering terribly, but we must understand that the destruction that is happen, happening is in the spiritual realm with natural consequences. So when you read that, that those, those chapters and hear the descriptions of what John is talking about, that is happening in the spirit. He's seeing from a third heaven perspective, Right? And that doesn't mean that the consequences are exactly what happened, what he's seen in the spirit. Right? We already seen that the, the beast in his number 666 and, and, and Mystery Babylon and all these things, how it looked like a, a, a beast in the spirit, but it was actually just a man. 
So we have these angels. The angels are what? They're spiritual beings. We have these bulls. Those are spiritual entities. The pouring out of these bulls is God's act of extending the rule of his kingdom. Right? Because this is what Revelation is telling us. You can't forget what Revelation is. What is Revelation? It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. It's a revelation of what God is doing in the earth through the finished work of Jesus seated at the right hand of God and making his enemies his footstool. God throughout history has continued to make his enemies his fo- footstool. See, so you don't... you. you Unless you study history a little bit, you don't understand how good we have it. We have no world powers anymore. We don't have someone that comes and conquers and 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 just destroys like like they did with Romans, like they did with Neo the Neo Persians, the Greeks, Babylon, and so on. Even even those that raised up with in pride like. Great Britain, Spain, France, and produced colonies. God ended that. Slavery, God ended slavery. Do you know that there's more democracies in the, United, in the world today than ever before? You gotta understand, God is doing, he's pulling away the principalities and powers so people have an opportunity to stand before God, to see God. See, evil causes suffering, and when God judges evil, certainly people suffer, especially if you're connected in that. When the judgments are executed, executed, people suffer, but that's because of evil in the world, not because of God. God is trying to get the evil out of the world. God is doing the works, God is undoing the works of, of darkness in the spiritual realm that influences the natural world. Now, we can't know for certain how the battles in the spiritual realm are manifested in the natural. We could, you can guess. You can look at God moving. God could be actually moving right now. God could be doing something in our nation right now that could launch Christianity into a worldwide revival. But do you have to have eyes to see? You have to see in the spiritual realm. We have to be spiritual people. To understand this. But many of the world events have taken place is due to the kingdom of heaven expanding, increasing, and bringing the enemies of Jesus into submission. After the sixth bowl of wrath is poured out, just before the end, when the seventh bowl is poured out, John saw a vision of a final battle. And he says in Revelation chapter 16, verse 13, it says, And I saw... Coming out of the mouth of the, of the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan, right? And out of the mouth of the beast. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. Three unclean spirits. These are all the spiritual forces behind world leaders, world events, all of those things. That look like frogs. For they are spirit, spirits of demons performing signs which go to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. 
Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who, is, who stays awake and keeps his, his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will see his shame. We are clothed in the righteousness of God. And they are gathered, and they gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Har Magadan. Yeah. The, the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air with a loud voice, um, came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. So what God is, God is saying that there are these, these bowls that are being poured out. And right before, right before the final bowl being poured out, the, all the kings, all the, all the nations will be taken to this place called Har Magadan, which is translated into Armageddon. Now, this, this, this battle is known as Armageddon. And uh, here's some facts that we can glean from this pas- these passages. We know that demon spirits will be released to stir humanity to fight against God. We know that all the kings of the earth will come against God. We know that the time is close to the end just before the last angel pours out the last bowl of judgment and just before God has finished subduing all his enemies. So there's something that's going to happen in the heavens through these bowls being poured out that God does something in the spiritual realm just before the end. So we consider the context from Christ's ascension God has been making all his enemies bow. Think of the kings mentioned in this passage not as rulers over nations, because that's how you're thinking. But principalities, powers, and rulers in the spiritual realm. So you're you're thinking of, this is a a third heaven view. John has seen what's happened in the spiritual realm. These aren't kings physical kings in the, of humans, it's the, it's the kings behind the kingdoms of this world. And they're all coming to battle, battle God. Um, it's, it's rulers over nations, evil spirit rulers over people groups, no matter big or small. And, and, and this battle is not about these rulers being destroyed, but about them being made to bow. Because they don't, they don't get destroyed until chapters 18 and 19. They're going to bow just much like the spirit of Babylon bowed when Constantine pledged his, pledged his loyalty to Jesus Christ. See, they will no longer. God's going to do something in the earth right before the t- end time where they, they will no longer be able to stand before God and humanity. The blinders are going to come off. People are going to see. People are going to know. The world will still have natural government leaders because these aren't natural government leaders. But those leaders will not be allowed to interfere with individual relationships with God. We We have nations today, communist China, Iran, many nations in this world that try to interfere with 
with people's individual relationships with God. Every person on earth will stand before God. And you have already done that. They will be held responsible to him. You have already done that. The battle of Armageddon is when every human being must face God. You've already fought your Armageddon. The battle of Armageddon is when we face God. Armageddon or was, the, was a great battleground. It was 60 miles from Jerusalem. It's mentioned 11 times in the Old Testament where battles were fought there. It was well known. When a Jewish reader would read this, they would, th- they would know exactly what that, what that word was, where it was, what happened there. So when you mention this name, it would bring all that to remembrance to them. Much like saying to a person that they have met their Waterloo. Or this is D-Day. Right? Or remember the Alamo. These phrases bring remembrance to great battles. But when you say them today, it's meant to be applied to a present personal battle. We all have an Armageddon. It is a battle that we all face. It is the war that every human being must wage in his or her personal life. It is a war of light versus darkness, righteousness versus unrighteousness, right versus wrong, the kingdom of God versus the works of the enemy. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the, the, um, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. This war takes place in our hearts. It takes place in our minds. It takes place in our finances. It takes place in our neighborhoods. It takes place in our schools. It takes place in our governments. There's a war being fought. Every day, we are in the battle of Armageddon right now. And this fits. This war, this war encompasses, this is the only war that will ever encompass every human being. Every single human being is in this war, is in this battle. And this fits the context of Revelation 16. God has been pouring out upon the spiritual world, his judgments and his decrees, and every enemy is being subdued by losing their positions of deceiving and controlling the nations and people groups. It's right before the last bowl is poured out that Armageddon takes place when God will subdue all the demons in positions of authority and humanity will have no excuse. Every person must choose if they are for or against the kingdom of God. Every person will give an op- get an opportunity to hear the gospel and understand it. The battle of Armageddon is, every li- is when every living person faces God. 
And we've done that. Maybe it's been a while since you remember that battle. You remember that wrestling, that torment, that humbling yourself. You had Babylon working in your life. And it's amazing to me, and I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. I can, I, I, their, their, their faces still resonate in me. Where you see on their face, you see on their face, oh my God, it's true. But the ones that stay on my face are the ones that still reject. Every single person fights this fight. Every living person on the face of the earth is in this war. Will they, of, of I am my Savior, I am my source, I am my God. Or Jesus Christ is my source. Jesus Christ is my Savior. Jesus Christ is my God. And that's exactly what Joel prophesied. In Joel chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Multitudes upon multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. In these chapters of Revelations 15 through 18, I, I, I would like you guys to go home. If you, haven't, if you haven't been reading along with us as we've been going through this, go home and read these chapters. It is told from the third heaven perspective. You've got to remember this. What John is seeing is spiritual revelation, not natural revelation. That, that, that makes a world of difference. And it's God subduing, subduing his enemies. And humanity is not his enemy. You're not his enemy. Do you know that? Some of you feel, I've heard of you. Something bad happens in your life and you think God's doing it to you. He's not your enemy. He's your savior. He's your redeemer. Stop partnering with the devil. Partner with God. Say what God says about your situation. Say what God says about your family. Say what God says about your finances. Say what God says about your, your mind and your emotions. Say what God says about your nation. Say what God says about your children. His victory. God's victory, Jesus Christ's victory is inevitable. But how his victory manifests in the future is not clearly known. But we know that every demon spirit that exalts itself to the position between God and humanity must bow. God is not your enemy. God is not humanity's enemy. You know what our God looks like towards humanity? He looks like a God that allowed himself to be put to death on a cross for humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Consider what is happening in our own lifetime. 
We have seen the spirit behind communism fall. Do you know that one time, one half of the world was under its control? One half of the world was under the control of communism. And guess what communism did not let in? The gospel. One half of the world could not hear the gospel. Since that demon has fallen, walls have been torn down, and we are now able to preach the gospel throughout a previously closed region of the world. So we need to have a third heaven perspective. We need to see how God works through governments, through men, to bring his enemies into subjection, to bow before the throne of Jesus Christ. Communism has bowed. bowed. It has been debunked. That it's, it's flawed. It never works. It's worthless. And you might hear people rattling that sword today. It's not coming back. Even, even China has, has had to adopt democracy and free markets to be able to stay afloat. And China will fall soon to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see things happening in the world. We see things that it doesn't make sense. We, we see leaders rise that, that don't make sense in our minds, but all of a sudden we have peace agreements in the Middle East. It... it, it, it <laughs> See, we don't, we don't know for sure, but what we're seeing now with these historic peace agreements, this literally could be a door that opens up the gospel to go forth to see that evil spirit dethroned that holds one-fifth of the world under the cloak of Islam. Woo! Amen. If that devil hasn't yet been dethroned already. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone becomes Christians, but everyone will be free to hear and understand the gospel and make a decision for or against Jesus Christ. This is happening before our eyes. Some demonic authorities may still try to control humanity by working through other institutions, such as organizations, and organizations of influence, and we see this today. But you just got to look past it, and you got to see that it's just the spiritual forces behind them, and it can change in a, in a second it can change. Multinational cor- corporations being used by the enemy. The media being used by the en- enemy. Terrorist organizations being used by the enemy. Educational institutions being used by the enemy. The entertainment Industry being used by the enemy. The church, religion being used by the enemy. Or science being used by the enemy. But we have nothing to fear. Their bondage will not last for long because Jesus Christ is Lord. This is good news. This is the revelation of Christ's kingdom. Expanding, growing, this mountain growing and growing until it fills up the whole earth. Jesus Christ is Lord, and every knee will bow, and the church will rise in unity and maturity. And you see this. 
You, 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 see, you see in the body of Christ, organizations, lead, church, uh, religious leaders, ministries coming together that in the past would never come together. What do we, we just had 50,000 people standing before, you see this on the news, did you? 50,000 people standing before the Lincoln Memorial. All different denominations. Reform and Pentecostals. Praying. It was a prayer walk. We didn't see that. It just happened. YouTube, yeah. <laughs> Can I have the worship team come up? Things are happening, and we should be excited, not fearful. Because God is on the throne. God is moving. And God is doing things that it doesn't matter what man tries to do. He, they can't stop him. Amen. So when God's judgments are finished and the spirits of pride and religion are defeated, what happens? John answers that question. In Revelation chapter 18, verse 20, it says, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. When God has finished rendering his judgments against Babylon and the harlot, then his apostles and prophets will be free in the earth. They will be able to walk in the full authority of God and truly establish the kingdom rule here on earth. When the spirits of pride and religion are defeated in the hearts of God's own people, the saints will rise in glory. Next week, next week we're going to look at Revelation chapter 9 and the glorious, victorious kingdom of God that comes to earth. Oh, not, well, next time. You will truly see, we will truly see that the best, the best is yet to come. Revelations is a wonderful book. If you look at it through spiritual eyes, and see that it is God continually marching through history, subduing his enemies, making them bow. Before. And you got to remember, who are the enemies of God? The spiritual forces of deception in the earth. Now understand, you have a right. You have free will. You can choose to, to bow your knee to Jesus or deny Jesus. People make that, that, that choice. The Pharisees, when they got ready to stone Stephen, and it said that his face shone like an angel, and he looked up into heaven, and he says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Did they say, Glory, hallelujah. Did they say, they say, did they bow their knee? 
and say, say, Jesus is Lord. No, it says that they gnashed their teeth, ripped their clothes, and wanted to kill him. There is a deception that can go so deep in the heart of man that even when the glorious light of Jesus Christ himself is before him, they can reject. Paul had an opportunity for that. The light of Jesus Christ shone. It blinded him, knocked him off his horse. And Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? As soon as he said that, he knew that that person is greater than he was. And he bowed his knee to Jesus. And Jesus says, it's hard to kick against the pricks. You know what that means? It means you kick something, and it hurts you more than you hurt it. God is doing something in the earth. God is... You, we're going to see more and more of the, these types of, of supernatural, just quick things ha- happening in, in, in the earth. We have nothing to fear because the best is yet to come. And we have, church, we've got to understand this. We either believe that, that God, God's kingdom is forever, that God, Jesus is seated, and that he is fighting our battle for us. Do you, see, See, that's the thing about it is. I'm talking too much, but. We, you're in a war that you don't even have to fight. What's the Bible say? When you're doing all you can do, stand. Just stand there. Right? See, you, you, we, the, because we care about what's happening in the world, you take a care onto your shoulders. And, and God said, cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. You're carrying things that you don't, you don't need to uh, worry about. What you need to worry about is your coworker. What you need to worry about is your family. What you need to worry about is, is the kids at school. You've got you to worry about your family members. You, 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 you need to, you need, those, those should be on the forefront of our mind. But we spend most of our time trying to figure out how we're going to solve the world's problems. God's already got that under control. Be that light. Be that witness. Be, be, be that, that soldier that's standing shoulder to shoulder with people that are in their Armageddon. Where they're wrestling with, with God. Where they're in that valley of decision. Things are going to be good. Things are going to be good. I, I can't overemphasize how historic these, these peace agreements in the middle, the middle East are. These are historic. We were told that this stuff could not happen. You know who, who made it happen? God. God made it happen. And God's going to continue to make things happen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your great love. We thank you that, that, that you are on the move. You are not sitting back just twiddling your thumbs, but you are in the move. 
And that heaven is coming to earth. That Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And his throne is forever and ever and ever. And Father, we thank you for the grace that you've given us to, to bow our knee and pledge our allegiance to Jesus Christ, to be transformed into his likeness, to have the same spirit that raised him from the dead live in us. You have not left us orphans in this world. But you call us sons, you call us daughters. Father, we just ask that the Holy Spirit would give us eyes to see. That we would see what you are doing in the earth. That we wouldn't be so focused on what the enemy is doing, but we would see what you are doing. And the reason why the enemy has, has manifested so greatly is because he knows his time is short. He knows that he is bringing, being brought to the throne of Jesus and he will have to bow. So we ask that you would fan the flame of the hearts of your body so that we would rise up full of joy, full of courage, through, full of passion, full of love, full of the authority of heaven, and that we would not shrink back in this time. That we would believe your report more than the world's report. And that we would act like the best is yet to come, Lord, for it is. We just praise you, we worship you, and we thank you.